Welcome to Found in Space, a science podcast for kids and teens. We have a really thoughtful question here, which is, why does NASA still send landers? Okay, so there is a lot to unpack here. Let's start with the different kinds of missions that we can send to a planet. So we're thinking about specifically robotic missions right now. We're not thinking about crewed missions that have people on them, but missions that are just our robots. So when we want to study another planet, there's a few different things that we can do. The first type of mission is what we call a flyby mission. And this is exactly what it sounds like. So the craft just flies by the planet. It takes as many pictures, as much data information as it can, and then it keeps going. Now, why would we do a mission like this? Well, some of the early missions, we this was the capability that we had. We hadn't learned yet how to land on a planet. But we may also choose this mission type because it's really, really difficult to slow down a craft. So like when New Horizons went to Pluto, it was going way too fast to be able to slow it down and have it orbit around the planet. So what the engineers and designers and scientists were able to figure out is, well, we can just go through the system and we can still get a tremendous amount of information, but we'll just fly right through and then we'll just keep flying on to somewhere interesting. And so that's what New Horizons did. It also is all about studying the Kuiper Belt, which is what it's still doing today, still doing a whole bunch of research, right? And a lot of our really early missions, like the Pioneers and the Mariners, um, uh, Voyagers, we'll talk about all of these missions, don't worry. Uh, those were all flybys. Now, the second mission type, and this usually comes after a flyby has already happened. So the flyby is just to get the literal lay of the land, right? Or the atmosphere if it's a planet that doesn't have land, like, say, Neptune or Uranus or Jupiter, Saturn, right? Um, but if it's a solid place, okay, let's look at the solid place. Let's just see what we're looking at. And most of the time, it's amazing, these missions are still really, really valuable because most of the time our thoughts about the planet, just from looking with a telescope from Earth, our preconceived ideas were often wrong. So we find a whole bunch out just from flying by. We do a flyby, right? The second mission type is an orbiter, so a satellite, something that goes to that planet, it stays there, and it orbits around it, right? And then it can be taking lots and lots of photos, it can be taking lots of information and sending that back to Earth. And these missions, depending on the particular craft, they may last for years. So Cassini around Saturn is a great example. Juno is around Jupiter right now. There's a lot of craft at Mars orbiting and taking pictures, studying Mars, looking at all kinds of things. The next is a lander. So the lander lands on the surface and takes all kinds of information, all kinds of data, and sends that back to Earth. After that, we have our rovers. 
So roving is, or to rove is sort of an old fashioned way, word of saying going around, wandering, traveling, right? Like the roving band or the roving circus that would go from place to place. So our rovers can go on the surface and they can move around. Now, most of the time they're actually very, very slow. They don't go very far, but they can move around and they can go to places of interest. So they're basically, they're literally remote control vehicles, but it takes a long time for us to send the signal from Earth, for it to be received by the craft, for the craft, for the robot rather, to do the object, the objective that it needs to, send the signal back to Earth, have Earth people on Earth decide what we want it to do, send that back. So they, at this point, do not think for themselves. Right. These are things we don't have super advanced AI in which they can go and do the, the investigation. We need people to be doing it and controlling pretty much everything that the robot is doing, the rover's doing there. Um, until just a few years ago, the only rovers that we had were with wheels. They're basically cars, but Ingenuity, which landed with Perseverance rover in 2020, 20 or no it landed in 2021 let me check the dates for that it launched in 2020 though let me let me double check those dates yes okay so it launched in july of 2020 and landed february of 2021 it had ingenuity on it which is a little drone a little basically it looked like a little tiny helicopter that was able to fly and so this is so so excited because it was the first powered flight on another planet and it's hopefully the first of many, many to come. Can you imagine a whole fleet of these tiny flying robots going all over? In the future, we will also hopefully have the Dragonfly mission, which is going to Titan, going back to Titan, because Titan is the only body outside of the inner solar system that we have ever landed anything on. Remember, just a robot. No humans have been beyond the moon, but it's the only thing we've ever landed on. And it was just a lander. Now, that one was designed to be able to float in case it landed in any of the lakes or the oceans made of methane, not of water. It's amazing. Titan is so incredible, but it's got these oceans and these lakes um, of liquid methane. And we didn't know where the probe Huygens was actually going to land. So we had to design it so that it could land on either the water or the land. So these are our main mission types, right? We have flybys, orbiters, landers, and rovers. We could add our drones, our flying objects into that rover category. So the question here is, so why is NASA still using landers, right? For instance, fairly recently, we had InSight, which is a lander on Mars. InSight did not move around. Well, it depends on what kind of information you're trying to gather. So let's think about insight. Insight is not like perseverance or curiosity. It couldn't move around. And that's because it was sent there to study the, to basically do seismology, to study the earthquakes, or let's call them Mars quakes of Mars. What was the seismic activity? What was happening with the atmosphere? It didn't need to move for the information that it was trying to gather. Now, making things move adds a whole level of complexity to the project. It makes it much, much more difficult. So if there isn't a reason to move, don't do it. 
right? If we had tried to make it so that Insight did move, it would have made it a far more expensive project. It might have been so expensive to do that that we wouldn't have been able to afford to do it. So NASA has to consider where it's going to spend its money. And not just NASA. Let's mention that there are other agencies as well, like ESA, which is the European Space Agency, the Japanese Space Agency, the Canadian, the Australian, the Russian. There's a lot of different agencies on national levels. And we're starting to see some private companies getting involved with space exploration and the science side of things too. So that's really, really exciting. But they have a limited amount of money, right? And they've got to figure out how to do the different projects with the amount of money that they have. Landers are far less expensive. They're still more expensive than just doing an orbiter, right? Or more expensive than doing a flyby, but you can still get so much useful information. All right. So this was fun. We are going to be taking a look at some of the classic missions coming up. So we'll do some episodes talking about Vo the Voyagers, about Hubble. We'll talk about the Kepler missions, Curiosity, Osiris-Rex, all of that good stuff. So we'll be sprinkling that in um, probably at, mostly in some of the Wednesday episodes coming up. So thank you so much, everybody. This was a great question. Thank you for writing it in for us. And thanks, everyone, for hanging out, talking about space and science here on the podcast. If you've got questions, topics you'd like us to cover, have your folks send that into the email in the description. And as always, my friends, I hope you have dark skies and remember to stay curious.